Lovett. You're listening to Ala Nui Mele on PBS Hawaii. Yo, this is Meso, and you're listening to Ala Nui Mele on PBS Hawaii. Peace. Listen up, this is Danny One, and you're listening to Hawaii Hip Hop History via Ala Nui Mele on PBS Hawaii. Check it out. Here we go, introduction. Oana, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. If Kimoka Oano had a hip-hop doppelganger, this man would be him. <laughs> Very few OGs welcome in and hanaid new artists into the inner circle of hip-hop in the early 90s. Imagine a thousand watts of electrical power conducted into a mongoose from Kalalu, then put on stage with the microphone to unleash the most mind-bending and conscious lyrics. This Hawaiian icon has emceed and danced with the world-famous artists and musicians, but always making the trek back to Hawaii to help usher in the decades of new talent. The creator of the most epic and underground hip-hop events that invigorated Hawaii hip-hop in the 90s to the 2000s. He, continue, he continues to bless us with his mana'o <laughs> on hip-hop, but on life. The most original individual, Kilowatts the Mongoose, a.k.a. Yes. Jam Watts, Jamal Mamalias. What's up, Jamal? How's it? Aloha, How's everybody. It? How you doing? Aloha. How you doing, Cabot? I'm good, man. How yeah. you doing? Well, you know, I'm keeping myself well. So let's take it back. Okay. Way back. Okay. All hey, the way hey, back. Hey, back. <laughs> back that far back? Time. No, 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 no. Not that far back. Not that, not that, not that far back. Wait, let's take it back. So where, you, where, you, where, were you, where are you from? Where you grew up? I grew up on, I was born and raised on this island, Oahu. Yeah. Uh, my father um, had moved from Kauai to Oahu during the 1970 to come and play music <clears throat> in Waikiki, as well as, uh, you know, he, he was a construction guy too. So he was juggling, you know, two different occupations. So I was born in Waikiki. We lived in Waikiki, but I was born in Queens Hospital, 1971. Okay, okay. So music was always in your blood because you'd so say my your dad, dad was and my whole family musician. is jazz musicians. All my brothers are professionally high-paid hotel-style musicians. My older brother Franklin is one of Hawaii's first soul Hawaiian soul musicians. Nice, and, and also a very very talented solo artist. So, do you remember your first experience or uh, taste of hip hop in Hawaii? Yeah. I, okay, I was already like eight, nine years old, which was like 1979, 1980. And I was going to uh, St. Anne's uh, in Kaneohe. It's a, a little private Catholic school. And in that school, there was a lot of people. And, you know, people from Hawaii, we, we resonate with things going on in the mainland, especially when it... When we see people that look like us on the TV, you know, we say, wow, we got to do that too. Yeah, yeah. You know? But then when they actually, you get to see them in real life and they come here. And here in Hawaii, unbeknownst, I don't care, you can do your homework on this. But we had some of the greatest locking and popping and, you know, just dancing just for fun. Because it's also part of our culture. Right. You know? We looked at it like we took it in all the hip hop stuff is like oh geez, this is part of culture like, and if you it's a funny thing that all the good popping, 
and all the groups, the best groups that had the best routines, they all came from hula halal families. <laughs> Who are and some of those families? It's like, okay, for me, my, my, if I had to say it, my, 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 uh, Halal. Yeah. My hip hop halal was hip hop was bits and pieces. Okay. Michael Rita and Frank Punamoy. Where are those guys from? They're from Kaneohe. Okay. And then there was um, Derek Bulatau, Spaz, Cutmaster Spaz. He was the first like turntablist who really crossed over. And he, he his whole intention was to get into the industry. There was no such thing as underground and yeah, key, yeah. not yet. Just hip hop. So Bits and Pieces was your first experience with hip-hop? No, not my first. Okay, so me. So St. Anne's, at St. Anne's. Okay, so in Kahalu and Kaneohe, right. it's very, these places are, these are like rural little towns. In some cases, they're considered like the, the, uh, like the, you know, the little Plantation like ghettos, back roads. back roads, you know. Especially back in the 90s, early 80s. No, 80s. The 80s, 80s. 80s. Early 80s. Okay. This is 1979, 1980. And at Hawaii's luau's, we'd always have people dancing. And Waikiki is an international place. Right, right. So everything always comes in and out of here. People thought we only lived in grass huts for a long time. But little do they know, we was ahead of the times. Or at least alongside with it. If not influencing it at the same time so uh waikiki there was so much i mean you think about it i mean if you was in that in that whole like world if you was living in that world at the time excuse me you would uh understand that you would see and witness like guys coming out of water with their surfboards in waikiki and then guys from the mainland be on the beach with their radios blasting. And then guys would just put down their boards and would just surf shorts to start popping, bro. Battling <laughs> anybody, bro. So they, picked, like so they picked it up hundreds from... Hundreds of people. So who, how did the locals in your time pick well, up Well, you know what? There's a story that locking. is a part of a interview that John Hino was part of. Right. Shout and out to he's gonna, Yep. And um, he can tell you. And then, you know, over here we have... Uh, even Crazy Legs, damn, they all came here like a long time ago. What year was that, you think? Jeez, it was like, I wasn't a kid, but he, he has an interview about it. And it's about all of the old school, original OG B-boys. This is right. just B-boyism. Right. Like the breaks. Okay? Because the popping and everything was already here and the, the locking yeah, and everything, yeah. you know? And um, people just here was just naturally creative. So who's your early influences? Okay, okay, so... When I was growing up, we go to family parties, and um, I was practicing, you know, by myself. My cousin Ross and Keaton, Macariola, Sly Mongoose, and um, this kid in our neighborhood named Vincent Maniachi from Kahalu. He was bad, and that's it. You can say it. that's what we said. He was bad. That's how. Did, was, that's did Vincent days. have a hip hop name or any kind of like uh, just, Vincent. just Vincent. And then it was Little Scott. Okay. okay? Dude, he's known as one of the best poppers of all time, period. He still goes around and wins popping contests around the world to this day. And he's the salsa champion, everything. Okay? But we used to go to Luau's. He turns out he's my, like, cousin. And he used to just battle people. And he was, like, the little guy in bits and pieces. 
But then me, when we went, when we got together, we just dancing. Then he was like, "Well, I could do all the moves, you know." So he's like, "Come on, we're doing routine." So we used to practice our routines at uh, Bits and Pieces House. Oh, nice! And that's uh, Mike Rita and Frank Putamoy. Oh, and you know, during that time, Frank was already doing remix tapes. And you know who was the DJ of Kanioi? Was Darren D the mother freaking D? Oh wow! Okay, there you go. Gilmore. Yeah, yeah. For RPM. So D- DMFD is from Kanioi. RPM. Yep. Rocking Party Machine is also the brothers that was all. And then I don't know the younger parts. It was like Master Chambers and all these guys had major skills, but we're just from Hawaii. We're just doing it for fun. But it seems that you know this is so natural. So when so. You're also known as a, uh, I'd say one of the better, best, best MCs in Hawaii. Most creative, oh, wow. you know, you can come off the top lyrically. You know, what I mean, when I first entered into the scene, I was like, oh, this guy Jamal, he got it. So when did it transition over from popping and locking, the physical exploration of expression, <clears throat> to MCing? Because a lot of times, if from the interviews I've been giving or been listening to or hearing, uh, popping, locking, breaking has always been the introduction majority, but very few has moved on to DJing, and for mm-hmm. you, MCing. So mm-hmm. when did that come into? Okay, so I come from a family of jazz musicians. So my whole dad, my dad used to listen to all the you know, the last poets, all that stuff was blasting, Fela Kuti, you know, um, and he was like a real good jazz musician. And so that kind of, and then when I discovered hip-hop, in the, I was like, it was easy to just catch on to the lyrics. And in my family, they're beautiful musicians. They can play all the beautiful, and I couldn't play all the beautiful music. <laughs> I came up in the hip hop, right, punk right. rock, yeah, yep. heavy metal, yeah. reggae, dub, electro, craftwork, pack jam, all yeah, the, all yeah. those days. You know what I mean? And so, if you look at the music now, all of that is it's a spitting image of that. It's the direct spawn, but they're just rebranding it and recirculating it. You know, in a so what age way. was you like, oh, okay. I was I, nine. I, I can eight. do this. Back I in those write. days, I don't know, it was weird because when we was eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, we already had, we already knew what the, how the world works already. Yeah. You know, so we was already trying to get out. And in Hawaii, in those days, if you go to, we used to catch bus Waikiki. And if you missed the last bus back to countryside, where are you from? You gotta, stay, you from? Waikiki, you gotta, you gotta stay Waikiki. 4 a.m. Until 4, <laughs> 4 or 5, 30, back 5 a.m. before. <laughs> So do you remember some of your first rhymes? I am the exhibitionist of this class. I got a brassy technique to make the rocking last. I got a IQ and this is true. Boom, boom. Something like that. Like it was like <laughs> nice. eighth grade, bro. Eighth grade. And we had to uh, write all the uh, English words. And then he said, use them in a, in a sentence yeah. or rhymes. And I just used to use them in raps. So who did you used to um, rap with? Did you have like a crew? Me and my friend Terry Nozario. Okay. Was he? Was his MC name? He uh, he was uh, just this local Hawaiian Puerto Rican guy. He yeah. eventually moved to Oregon, but okay. he was the guy that kept me on. Like, and he was the DJ. And in King School, King Intermediate, right at this time, everybody was on Popper. All the big jocks, you know what I mean. Everybody had skills, and everybody was serious about it. it was, for some reason, everybody was serious, bro. Like, you know, they, they put the integrity, yeah, yeah. the time, they practice. They put their heart you know I mean? into yeah. it. Yeah. So Hitting. Do, 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 
Yeah, so everybody would practice, but everybody would know who the dudes was. And at that time, hands down, Little Scott and my brother, Johan. So case in point, Johan and this guy, Alex Suka. Okay, we're all from the crew, but there was two different buildings. There was a B building that was like three stories. And then there was another building, E building, which is three stories. And then there was a walkway in between. And underneath the walkway was the park place. And then Johan was on this side, and then Alex Suko was on this side, and we was blasting. This was like 45 minutes, like second <laughs> lunch. Brian, it was pop, bro. Man, the whole school was like, whoa. And for 45 minutes, This bro, is what school is this? King Intermediate. King Intermediate. Like 1983 or something like that. Wow. And, you know, before that, like I said, like in the 80s when I was fifth grade, fourth grade, had guys like in Kanioi, bro, like the Ritas, Frank Punamoy, bro, Guy Copeland, Bro, Ricky Sampson. So so this was going on in Kanioi. Bro, but, Kamaili. But for, but for facts, it was going on everywhere. George Santos, yep. So did you guys Javier ever link up with Santos. other people in town? Oh, or, yeah. You know? So when we see other guys in town, this was the call out. Like, if you go like this, you're yeah. like, oh, you like challenge. Boom. And then you get sample. And a lot of times in Hawaii, guys, no more radios. You know, yeah. you couldn't even afford a radio. <laughs> so it was like... Where was the spots? Where was the spots that you used to go? Like Ala Moana? Where was the spots Bro, that was a meetup? Anywhere, any mall. Yeah, okay. Any place, any bus stop. Right. Any major bus stop, any park, mostly the wall, Waikiki. Okay. And the zoo. Right. And 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 anybody walking around by the by you know Waikiki Beach. And at that time, Ala Moana and the stage. You used to have Ala Moana stage, and it had a time during the old Ala Moana stage, had a freestyle. Hour where like anybody can go up on stage right. and do something. Okay, what year was this? So like 1978, oh. 90, all the way to like 1980 something. Freestyle hour. Oh, try go look, bro. There's a day in like the early 80s where these poppers came and they was doing a popping like challenge in white in Almoana at the old stage. So many people showed up. The news showed up. Try go look, Pulumbamba on YouTube, popping in Ala Moana in like 19, is early it, 1980s. Is it on there? Someone put up I think it's, Yeah. I think, it, I don't know which news it's on, but it's on Hawaii news. So when did the transition from Emperor, popping to everybody start breaking? And, well, see, breaking came after you could, people was like, wow, we cannot invent anything else. <laughs> you know what I mean? It okay. kind of got monotonous. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? And then the peak kind of changed. And then the, when it got to the breaks, I mean, the music make you feel different. Right. You know what I mean? Make you move different. You needed to express something else a little bit more harder. So who were some was of the, the first the first B-boys that you oh, met? Because Little Scott, that guy was the best dancer, period. And then there was Little Dan, his arch-popping nemesis, which is now Big Dan, who I wanted to bring today. Sorry, yeah. brother, Big Dan. And Harold, Too Swift. Okay. These guys, okay? And then all of the rocks... Uh, Rocking par- uh, rockin Party Machine and Foot Rock Bunch. Okay, okay. Okay, bro. Who was like, in uh, Rockin' Party Machine? You remember? Yeah, bro. Had Chubby, Mark Capelliala, hey, one big, humongous, Kamakamaoli. <laughs> okay, like 6'4". Okay? Oh. Ooh. He did quarter rolls. He man with legs like trees. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, whoa! Hey, I promise. Bro. And DMFD was in that You know, like how you say the way that we yeah. brought him, that's how they brought me in. Oh, nice. Well, so you was young boy. I was young, Hanging with bro. those guys. I was the turtle man and then had Kevin turtle man. Okay. 
everyone used to say, oh, that's like, you so know. So what, what is a turtle? Day. Explain what the turtle, turtle is. Turtle is when you uh, put your elbows into your gut and yeah. make your body parallel to the right. ground. And then you use your hands as a okay. as a walking tool. And right. then there's different variations, you know. There's buck fours, yeah. there's turtles, there's crickets, stuff like there's polios, like Put your hands off. So, so then, did that moves. all lead up to one of the bigger, um, uh, bigger competitions? I was on TV, Breaking Hawaii. It was Breaking yeah, Hawaii kind of? Yeah. I was. A I, big we thing. practiced all the way for him, and then last minute I had on baseball game. <laughs> oh, I was playing sports. My, my mom then was like, "No, they thought breaking was a bit too street." At okay, my mom. yeah, yeah. And she, I was trying to get out of there. So you never got to go. But I got, but okay. to regular local battles yeah. and stuff. Right. But for that reason, is because the. You know, the pitching, I was the pitcher. Oh, nice. So what did Breaking Hawaii do? But you know what, Breaking Hawaii, everybody that was in there, look at. Yeah. Bro, we had it, dude. It was ghetto paradise, bro, Hawaii. And you look at Breaking Hawaii, it was families. Yeah, yeah. Coming out. Yeah, I got a story of Breaking Hawaii. And you know what, the thing thing about Breaking Hawaii was the floor was too slippery. (laughs) Everybody's going to tell you, hold on. The floor was too slippery. They couldn't grip their try to look their okay. feet. Everybody was like that. Wow. I'm glad I never go because I love most of my moves was the prepping was the yeah. You know what I mean? I had to go to we never I don't think I had a t- I don't know if I had a TV or or I missed the breaking away. So my friend, my mom's good friend's sons from Palolo, yep. they recorded it on beta, beta max. Yeah. And yep. we'd go all the way to Palolo to watch Breaking Hawaii, yep. bro. That's yep. how much it yep. meant to but me. But you look at it, but you look at it. Hawaii had its own TV show network, and you know what? It had skills. And you know, a lot of people, you know, you know how nowadays the B-boy skills kind of like went overseas to like, oh, you go to Japan and Korea, like, whoa, you go to like Europe and you know what I mean? Russia and yeah. you're like, whoa. So talk know? about, talk about that. You talk Italy, about whoa. different places, traveling. Yeah. So, so you tra- then, so you traveled some some so, yourself. So Hawaii was one of the first, in fact, the first overseas of the continent place to really master the art of right. the street dance for real. You can ask anybody, you know what I mean, who really knows. You know what I mean, like way out of yeah. you know the states, because bro, we was on par with we we, we had West Coast and East Coast influences. And, you know, you got to talk about it in that sense because that's how the landscape was at that time. Right. But eventually you traveled yeah. to the mainland to dance. Yeah. Talk about and that. And it was just an accident because I was used to be just on Beach Boy, a wave rider, a tube rider. And one time I was at uh, Sandy Beach and then this, uh, I saw these, you know, these uh, it, uh, tourists from Japan. They came in a little van. And he was like, hey, with a camera. And I was kind of feeling, you know, happy that day. So I started just busting. We just surf shorts, you know, right there by the shower. And he was like, wow. Next thing you know, bro, I'm getting this call, you know, at our house. And it's these people that, like, want me to go talk to them, meet them to go to Japan. And, you know, I wasn't taking, I wasn't into, like, taking hip-hop to the next level at that time. You know, I was still trying to figure it out. I was just. High school, you know, just graduating. Just everything was the beach at that time. I thought I was going to be a lifeguard or something. And then, <clears throat> boom, I, I do this video for this this lady named Henri. Uh, 
funk, Japanese funk star. And you did it here so, or in Japan? R&B star. Here or Japan? Uh, here on the big island. What it was, I was, uh, uh, she had a dream about going to like a island, you know. And so anyway, I was casted by this, uh, I was, uh, the filmmaker's name, the video guy's name was, I think, uh, Julian Temple or something. But he was popular at that time. He did all the police and sting videos and saw the, he was like big time in uh, you know, the UK, England. Anyway, I was the young Hawaiian chief, you know, fisher boy that she had a dream about. She came to Hawaii, <laughs> and we kind of like, you know, had yeah. a rendezvous, yeah. whatever. Can, you, can we find this video online? Yeah, yeah. it's called, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway. It's okay, okay, okay. And I get that. I wore the cape. Wow. I had my, my, one of my uh, aunties of Kauai, Auntie Kinio Kinimako, who was casting, and, and Amos Kotomori, then big ups to Amos. Um, and the kind of them, and I don't know. I was just a kid. Yeah. I was like, wow, wow, this is trip. And then on that shoot, I met Popping Taco was there because we did another video at the Hilo Sugar Mill or the old Puna Sugar Mill, the one where, where the junction is. Okay. To get to uh, from near um, KL, I think it's the KL Sugar Mill, the old one. We did the video over there. And then Come to find out, her whole band is like members of Rufus from Shaka Khan, like wow. Bobby Watson, Kenny Mosley, the drummer, this guy Paris London, and then the dancers was all from LA. Okay, Cooley Jackson, he was the dancer of Solid Gold. Robert Pirate Vincent, one of LA's most premier street and crossed over to choreographing everybody you ever heard of wow. shows and videos robert pirates and one of the crump inventors bro like all those guys man so they were all and our dancers or band there was marque masai wallace dude he was like whew, explosion and the singer and then had one guy from hawaii but he came from the with the and it was harold it was too swift and him and eugene and slick them was living in la already okay okay that's good Alan i want to get to this okay and then all, all these other guys from Hawaii. So did that, did that make your transition to L.A. after that? Okay, but first, I went. I never know that. Okay. So I met Harold over there in Japan already. Oh, okay. But, um, but when we were doing the video in Big Island, sorry, fast forwarding too fast. Too fast. More slow down. <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> okay, so Japan... So, you dancing for this uh, Japanese soul singer. Mm -hmm. So then, what what is the transition from dancing for this singer to LA? Talk about that. I want to know what. Okay, about that. so while we was on tour in LA, I mean in Japan and from Japan all around, just you know, I got to know uh, me and Harold and all the b boys. And then at first, Harold them and I met Harold and all of them was all hardcore into the hip hop movement. Like it was revolution. In like, L.A. Yeah. And Hawaii wasn't on that level What year, year was this? It was this. So like 1990. Okay, yeah. But like, like P.E. style. Yeah, I mean, it was like, just a, there was some guys trying to push it, but there was a... I, now that we see it for what it is, from a, from what from it a was, distance, that yeah. we can look at it, and we've been discussing it for years, you can see how the industry has taken, you know, the art form, put a label on it, and use it as a... As a uh, propaganda mechanism you know and um 
that's what we now I see why they constantly was changing things up when right when things looked like it was gonna be euphoria for everybody. Ah, oh, come in and cut the line, everybody's line, and there's always some like kind of bureaucratic booniness <laughs> that fucking gotta come and interrupt all the sh- good, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, progress yeah. that we made as a as people, as humans. That's like what's going on, you know, and um, it was also a real great way for everyone to express themselves without using violence. Right. It was a very, very needed and necessary. You got to go watch from under the rubble, from up under the rubble, the the story of the Bronx and how it went because the New York crime. And you know what? Hawaii had the same. Hawaii followed suit, bro. You know what I mean? Well, whatever was craziest ghetto was going on, bro. Hey, Hawaii, we're the third world state. Right, right. And not even a real state. That's why we didn't get real funding after Lahaina. Because he said, nah, nah, technically I don't have to give you guys because not a state. Okay? Check. Okay, so you met all Harold them. Yep. And then when did you decide to make Bro, the trek to go live to I LA? Came, so that whole time we was on tour, they yeah. was like, they got into me. They said, Jamal. They was like, man, you know what? And then one time during sound check, they was playing rapping, right? Yeah. And Rob used to really dance with 242, who is the far side. Okay. Okay, Rob, part of Vincent and those guys. So they was, you know, rhyming at that time. Um, who was, Das Effects was big. So everyone was going, diggity dada. You know, everyone was yeah. buddy, that yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. all that. So I came in, I just did my own style. Bum, 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 bum. And they was like, what the f-? I said, yo, just, just do that again. And I just was, you know. Yeah. And then... um. They were like, wow. So Harold said, yo, we have a group in L.A. It's called Trip the Lights, and it's Eugene. I remember Eugene from when I was a kid. Right. Bro, Eugene is like, he is so, he's not just a staple hip-hop. He's like Waikiki Aloha ambassador. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. we are. All of the hip-hop guys was like that. So who's, sure, the, who's in the Trip the Lights crew? Okay, was the, the founding member is Jason, me again, Slim. Van Sugars of Venice, Ghost Town, Venice. He grew up with Riddler and Hassan, yeah. Jason is the guy that named, said, Jamal, you will be kilowatts. Wow. Yep. That's how you got the name dude, kilowatts. He's like one of the most, dude, he is the Jamal of LA. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And he's the one who taught me how to be me. Right. He right. said, Jamal, come Anyway, anyway, so and then the, there was, the other founder was Eugene. Okay. Eugene, creative lyricist. Right. Super ill. He's one of the original DJs at Silly's. He's not known as a DJ, but he's one of the first professional DJs. And what was Eugene's uh, hip-hop name? Slow. And um, EUG, or Huge Dog, in those days. And then there's Harold. Okay, Harold, Sweet Harold was his b-boy name. Harold was the Fonzie of the hip-hop scene in Hawaii. He could literally go like this. And like 10 most beautiful girls. <laughs> okay? The so, other guy was like the guy Vincent Magnacci too yeah. back in the old So days, majority Harvard. of the crew was all from Hawaii that and was Harold. in L.A. now. Yep. Except for uh, the homie from Venice. No. Yeah, except the homie from Venice. Yeah, yeah. And he took us and doing. You know what? He is the most... Bruh, he is... Black culture, Latino culture, ghetto culture, Dogtown culture, Los Angeles. 
the streets of Los Angeles. He knows everybody. He's the old school punk rock, the old school, like the Fishbone Crew, the Suicidal wow. Tendencies, all the Dogtown Brothers, Simon, them. Yeah. They all grew up together. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Shout out to Simon. Uh, Simon is who? Yeah. House of Flies. House of Flies. Black Flies Hawaii. Yeah. So anyway, so how did you guys hook up with Slick? Because Slick did the it's logo, Slick, right? But you know what? Slick was always the man. Slick, you know, hey, you know how people are now. Slick was like that back then. You get like a person now, an artist now, and you bring him back in a time machine to like, he, that's how he was. Wow. He was so ahead of his time. You know what I mean? And he used to win all the uh, crazy shirts. He used to have this high school challenge. And he won all the crazy shirts, fucking, I think. And he went to, uh, he grew up with Catch Them. Yeah, he yeah. went to Mid-Pack or, Mar- I mean, I don't know. That's what I, I understand. Aya, Aya. afterwards. And so then, Slick was in L.A. Same time you were in L.A. Yeah, well, I was there because him, uh, Harold, and Eugene all moved up together with another brother of ours named Alan. And then, uh, and Sean Chavez, maybe. And Trip the Lights was a dance crew or like a hip hop no, crew? No, we was, we was the dance crew. Okay, so in LA, at all the clubs in those days. And this year was what year Dancing was this? music. Like early 90s, 90, uh, 91, 92. Yeah. Hey, not just Trip the Lights, brought. it was the scheme team. Right. So this there is was, before Black Eyed Peas. You know, Black Abstract IPs. Tribe Unique. Yeah. But I had um, the Far Side. It oh. was called Two for Two, and that's Rob right. was part of him. But he wasn't a rapper. Okay. And then, um, and then there was like the Black Eyed Peas was called the Otbon Clan. Right. Yeah. Wow. So you guys are up there just and doing. And you know what? There was mad, and you know the guys who came famous too was all dancing in there. Right. Bro, Tupac was a groover, a dancer. Bro, exhibit them. You know, the Far Eye and yeah. all those guys. Right. The Liquid Foundation. They were all part of the Soul Brothers. Bro, the Mop. I mean, it was big. And yeah. it wasn't just young people. It was people who were elderly, too, because they represent the what's going on in the Soul. And they were always involved in the venues, in the scene, because they need, they were like the guidelines. Right, right. And that's how it stayed on a very, like, what we used to call conscious level. So how did Slick end up doing the logo? Remember the Trip to Lights logo? He just saw uh, just did it. He just was like, poof. I mean, he can just, you know, just. Yeah. Psh, psh, psh. That's how he did it. And then what, do you remember what year you came back to Hawaii? I came back. I was always coming back right. and forth. But when I um, eventually, I had a uh, reason why I came back. I, you know, I, I was early. I was young. I got involved with this, um, this, this beautiful lady. And I <clears throat> became married. But she helped me, uh, this DJ L1, Lisa. You guys remember her? Yeah. Yeah. She was instrumental in helping us uh, have successful promotions. So that was... She's a big uh, uh, industry uh, club DJ in the States. That was 95? 94-ish, 95-ish. So since you were in L.A. experiencing all this Mm -hmm. hip-hop, like you're right in the thick of things... Moving back to Hawaii, and you oh. came to Hawaii. What was your take? Uh, the whole world, as far as we was concerned, at that time, everywhere we went, every major city, every little town, everybody was underground. Everybody was pounding out. Bro, there was good dancers. There was good artists. There was good DJs. People was all hanging out at you know records, like a, a record stores, like a library. Right, right. Just listening to, and you know, you had such a really high population, big population of people that had a lot of information. 
And our discussions were on a higher level for young kids at that time. And, you know, some of the, the, the older people was like, wow, these guys are like talking languages, having discussions. And I remember that was the peak of it. Like we were talking about things that really mattered, you know what I mean? At a young age. Right, right, right. So when you came back, uh, one of the, you started doing events. But before we do that, I met you, I think it was 95. Yeah. At KTUH. Do you remember KTUH? And it yeah. was the Soul 69. No, before, right? Before, but Soul 69. You're at Soul 69, and everybody, yeah, 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 everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. was there. You, yeah. DMFD was there. Oh. Min was there. Asia was there. Drama yeah. was there. Sub was there. Yep. Size. And that's my that's my first Size first experience one. of meaning like I could say like Hawaii's hip hop yeah Malala got married <laughs> so explain to us uh, KTUH in those days the radio in those days what were you doing there at Soul sixty nine I just got dragged over there I remember Prude remember he had his show Itaro had his show you had the show no I was this is before me yeah yeah um who else had a show over there there was uh, oh brother Derek. Yeah, Derek. Brother Derek. It was it was Derek. It was, it was uh yeah, Derek had his show and yep. Yatara and Size had yeah. a show. Those were the and two that was my down three, for hip hop. Yeah. They were really and Prude. really and Prude, yeah. So it was Prude. And, and you know who else too? Derek, and and then uh and Soul 69. Oh Jenkins too, with sneaking stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, oh Jenkins, big respect. So those are the three shows, and that's where yeah. I met you with and the, the DJs like Kochi them. Yeah. The reggae DJs with sneaking and that time in the nineties it was the dance hall hip hop. That was really banging, you know? Yeah, and on that night that I met you back in the 90s, yeah. you took me and Kapuni EP, Rest in Peace. Oh, brother. Uh, you took us to Valentino's. Yeah. Explain to us. Okay, so when I came home, I was like, hey, you know what? It's time to uh, get Hawaii up to date. Because it's not like Hawaii has ever been so late. It's just the way when we finally come up. And people go, oh, oh, shit. Everybody turned it in last week. But it's not like we was working on it, you know? Same time, but and so I was so, like, heck so, this. Yeah. We're gonna find the spots. I'm gonna get all the artists over here and we're gonna bring them up to par. And you know, I sacrificed, but you know what? I already knew like how the industry is. It is really the way that, you know, the so-called truthers say that it is. I was there, I was right there. That's the reason why I rejected it. So what was Valentino's then? That was one of your first events. Yep. Explain to us what was the concept behind that event? Um, and who DJed? Who was there that you remember? Oh, who's the who's the DJ? DJ Asia One, Felix, e, my brothers, Size One, Manifest, Jeff Hartzell. Okay, A, Sub Zero, Jerry. Okay, T Bone. Okay, yep, DJ Fame. Chris Cam, okay, uh, uh, who's the one who moved to um, New York? Min. No, the one, the one from um, Nocturnal Sound Crew. <sighs> no, Nocturnal wasn't. At no, no, but but you know the oldest one. The oldest one, not no Jay Jammy. No, no, the other one, the one that was the the older elder brother to them. Elder brother to Nocturnal. Oh, man. oh you got me so stumped too. People. You got me stumped. Maybe Compose. Compose will let Compose. us know. Compose! Well, Compose wasn't DJing. But, but you know what? He was there. Oh, okay. He was there. Okay. And he was already. And Aaron Sakai was there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But um, who else was there? Jeez. EQ. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, who else was there? Gonzalez. 
Positive Regime, yeah, Vince. Yeah. Vince. Okay, Dramo was there. Yeah. Bruh. But it was but Monty what? was there. Danny Wanzer was there. So that but that event though was my Dude, first experience. Dude, everybody was there, bro. My first experience into Hawaii hip hop. And then like. we had the live band, which is that's right. where the triads, that's where Fungus, the right. Dads, okay, was members of Tantrum Monsters. Oh, okay. And which was members of Mug. Okay. But when they transitioned to Bastards, which Amos was the drummer. Amos Zolo. Cam was the fucking bass player. Right. Warren was in his part-time and ran Kunimura. Okay. And then um, there was also uh, some kids and cats from other. And then um, I forget who else. Uh, and then Fungus was a funk band. Right. And it, Breaking Hawaii was hosted by a man named Kamasami Kong, okay. who was a radio right. DJ yeah. back in the day. His daughter, Nani Kong, or Nani Six, or Nani Sax, as we called her, right. was the singer on, wow. on, the, on the fungus. Yep. Wow, that's crazy. So she was our homegirl, yep. And then Triads, which was the like, you know, the real kind of house band, and it was the hip-hop, jazz, you know. At that time, uh, acid jazz was still real big. Right, In right. fact, we brought out Mark Farina. Okay. To their mushroom jazz. Yep, yeah. like 1995. When wow. Virtually nobody, only people ever heard of him was people who went to the record store. Yeah. You know? And um, it's the, like the way beginning of Ohm is mushroom jazz right. time. So speaking of bands real quick, since yeah. we're on that we're on that topic. The Brown Fellinis in San Francisco. Ooh. You had a band and you were an MC for it called Quadraphonics. Yeah, and that was the tri triads and the fungus. Explain to us who was in that band and how did they get formed? So Susan, Sister Susan. Much of resting yeah, love. Yeah. She was like the beautiful young Hawaiian sister. Couldn't miss her with her big, huge afro. Manhandling a humongous double bass. <laughs> like a big six four foot Hawaiian rugby player or something. Yeah. But let's <laughs> Jonathan. Okay, Jonathan. And then and then who was Jonathan there? played what? Jonathan was on the drums. Okay. And Ray was on the sax. Right. Okay. Eli was on percussion right, all the time. Right. Shout out to Eli. And at that time, Shri wasn't there yet. It was the triads because it was uh Raymond on the sax, Susan on the drum, and then uh, you know, Jonathan drums, and yep. then and then all the MCs, but of course, uh, because I was the host. I would always, you know. So so officially, the they, they started just through organically playing together, yeah, or yeah. someone actually and, like. And then, you know, I, that's why I started learning my runs, how to play in the jazz music right, live, because right. I always played by myself. And then finally, we started to get how to play my dad's music. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. dad, and I show my dad, and he'd be like, <laughs> you know, he was really, like. So what, how would you cons critical. what would you how would you uh, if you had to explain to somebody what kind of music. That quadraphonics made. Yeah, we played break beats. You know, Jonathan, the drummer, is an OG b-boy in Miami wow. who grew up in the hood next to freaking Two Life Crew. You know, he went to house block parties, block parties, Two Life, uh, Luke Skywalker being the DJ. That's how far back he goes in the b-boy section. And then um, he's also a rocker and an artist all together. <clears throat> and then, you know, Susan was just, she's just like, golden child you know she yeah. existed and it was beautiful everything happened and then when we transitioned to uh from 
they were called the Triads. Okay. We moved to Havana Cabana. Okay. And um, Shreve got in the band, and if Eli was a staple, it became Quadraphonics. Wow. Kilowatts. So Quadraphonics pretty yeah. much was birthed yeah. through and Havana Jonathan Cabana. was my partner at um, Jonathan, me, and Tino, and, and Shree, and Brett, too. Right. But mostly me and Jonathan and Tino was... Can you... Uh, so you got one of the... On a classic quadraphonic verses that I put out on um, Anna Loves Digi, I think, one yeah, of yeah, the yeah. Light Sleepers releases. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was I Will Not Step Back. Remember I that I Will lyric? Not Step Back. Can you, yeah. can you spit something so, for us real quick on that one? Yeah, so that was a track. You know, that was a live recording right. at this underground club. And it was real, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. It wasn't Treehouse. I think it was in San Francisco or someplace. Wow. And then, you know, Jonathan would always plug in and record. And Susan had her bowl. And we used to go to Victorian parties in where they in San Francisco they connect all the Victorians together. You can walk in, it's like a big maze, like in this big, huge, giant maze, and everyone's walking around. And Victorians are big and multi story, so you can get lost. Like, <laughs> so we had a room and we were setting up and we was recording, and um, she had her bowl and she just played this really dark. <laughs> And it was like, yeah. whoa. It was just a check. Okay. Okay. We was just checking the fucking sound. And Jonathan plays this like, this just fucking skippy beat. And I just went in and was like, I'm flowing for free. So I feel I've learned I'm a bastard point to be burned. And everybody just be quieted. And so I was like, oh, shit. It's turning in from a sound check to a, and it was all filled with like all kind of, you know, it's 2.30 a.m. kind of people, you know. It's the, the bay. I'm thinking this was at the bay. Okay. Or some kind of like after our, and it was like, and, you know, completed it. And at the end, it was a big bravo. And from that, uh, I think he gave the uh, some of the copies of that tune to like guys like you, yeah. Melosi. And um, some pe- and I think Jake Jake Wormhole had a version nice. of it too. Okay. I you know I to me that was it was all off the top is right. grimy. It wasn't meant to be like yeah the hip hop club song of the year. It was just a art piece. So it was it was a and complete I was rhyming. Yeah, it was a complete art piece. Because and I was thinking, and if you get that song and put it to what's happening in Lahaina, yeah, it's spot on. So why don't you bless us and spit some I of those lyrics? All everybody from. Lahaina, I love you so much. Uh, all the people in Hawaii, all the people that are dealing with it that I know that are from the Middle East. And, you know, a lot of our hip-hop brothers that we have here in Hawaii that are also from the like Brother mm, Lofi, yeah, yeah. Brother Bo. You know, I mean, they're, they're feeling it, you know. And they know the... That's why, you know, you come to the hip-hop vibe, it's like the refuge from all that because if you want to see how... Go watch the battle with Disaster versus the um, other guy, the Jewish brother. Yeah. And they're like discussing, you know, the thing in a real battle mode in most intellectual heaviness. And at the end, they're like, ah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? That's how it should be conducted. Right. That's how the dispute should be handled. Right, right, right. All this, pff, you know, I'm saying that these elitists are just having a temper tantrum. Yeah. You know what I mean? Could you want to spit us the lyrics? Spit us the lyrics. Oh, yeah. Well, 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 for what song? Um, we're going with quadraphonics. Oh, boom, boom, boom. I look down to see who keeps a deeper mind. 
So whenever I'm falling, I'm only voluntarily stalling. These cemented elements often seem to make me wonder how much harder I must bust just to even rip it. What? No pens or pencils, I'm gifted, especially when we uplifted. In super cypher circles, I'm an elevation elevator with the mighty machine acrobat that rips it just like that. <laughs> this is a matter of fact and not an overreact. I agree, I disagree of certain rappers' raps, but yo, but since we all are different, I stop acting like that. Hip-hop's definition could be expression more than straps and those gats that hold us back. So I shan't step back. Yeah. And I can hear Susan in the background like that. And then everyone's just like tripping. Yeah. You know, of course, and you know, those was the days when I was in a stage of my life, I was drinking a lot of mushroom tea. There were some times that I had to actually, I couldn't do the show because yeah. I had to be like, oh, excuse me. I was on tour. Well, you that, know? That, but we, that, but people thought it was part of the show because yeah. we were funny. But that so that came strictly on the whim, strictly free. <laughs> yeah, it was all flow, free. and then I had to listen to it over and over to to, to remember it. Right, and it was clear; it wasn't meant to be cadenced, you know. And right. all that pop, 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 like, oh, let me hear it. This is the brand new shit? And like, yeah, no, it was what it was. So and it was even used for like some crazy nuts movie, in wow. like you know for independent film kind. Yeah, for like some dark stuff. Like crazy stuff. I haven't even seen it or heard it, but so for, from Havana Cabana, let's talk about some of the events you did because you've created and opened the doors and allowed a lot of us guys, younger cats, to to step to the stage, to get yeah. the microphone, to yeah. learn and learn about the not technically the industry, but just yeah. hip hop in general. You opened yeah. those doors. Like I've always said, Jamal yeah. is that guy. So Abstract Weekly for Havana Cabana, yeah. great event. Yeah. And then you went and did Liquid Surf then. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay so, so, okay, wait. I want to, before I go on, I want to, you asked me earlier about yeah. like some of the first events. Yes. Well, in Hawaii, Valentino's, but in LA, we was throwing events. Me and Harold, and then we'd team up with V-Love from the Soul Brothers, and we had a place called Max at Cuenga and Yucca in Hollywood. Okay. And at that time, Delicious Vinyl and those guys was doing all oh, the circuit. And one time... Boogaloo Buzz, Uncle Buzz, oh, nice. came up and did a show for for uh, uh, Delicious Vinyl and Brass. Oh, Brass! Yeah, they were they were yeah they were in the same department together. You know, they were working together. And then um, he performed with this uh, dance hall cat named Red Fox. Wow! Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, dude. Jason. Did you, did you know Buzz back then? Yeah. And you were surprised he, uh, that yeah. he was there? Yeah, I, of course. And um, he he repped rep it hard. Right, right, right. right all right. off the top. And me and Eugene and Harold was there and Jason. And Jason was kind of tripping because he was now experiencing like, damn, these dudes just coming off of the island. This fucking do this. You yeah, know? yeah. We got all this like talent and Rob Parr, you know, because we said, yeah, we had integrity for it from the beginning. I think, you know, back in those days, we're all hungry. So we were yeah. taking what we could get from the mainland, which yeah. is maybe... Plus, like, we were also watching MTV, yeah. right? And trying to... We was battling whoever was on TV and bad. Right. And kill them. You know what I mean? And we were a complete package. Yeah. Like, we could do everything with showmanship. Right. You know what I mean? And and if Harold them come from Bomb Squad or the Jam City Rockers... Right. Or, or, or uh, funky floor, uh, uh, funky floor, 
funky floor lords. She's bomb squad, okay? Yep. Dude, they always won. Okay. I came from bits and pieces crew and little Scott. Right. Always won. Yeah. Okay. And everybody kind of always won. Everyone was dope, bro. Nobody was whack. Everybody, Mike Mechanical Masters, everybody. Yeah. There was draws all the time because everybody just came with it. Um, but then when they started getting to breaking, a lot of guys was already getting old. Yeah. It was like, yeah, that's only for kids. You wow. know what I mean? And they didn't understand it as a as a like like a uh, rebel expression yet. But there was a few people who did. You know what I mean? Who are those people? Whoever's around now still yet. Skillroy. Skill. <laughs> Skillroy, the number one b boy of Hawaii, the old supreme G. Number two, of course. Number one and number two is too swift, of course, too. You know, and Scotty boy, little Scott, at any given moment. Right. Yeah. Bus. Yep. And I'm talking about the old supreme OGs who still bust hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Leonard always got to be in there somehow. You know what I mean? Well, let's take it back. Let's take it back to events because you had so many iconic events. I want to make sure we cover that yep. before we get into like your thought about the future of Hawaii and hip hop. But um, Capital Fat. Speak on Capital Fat at Liquid Surf Den in Pucks Alley. So Capital Fat. At that time, we mean my uh, we moved to Kapahulu into the Go Bananas building upstairs. Upstairs. Guess who in the eighties? Guess who you know where the Go Bananas kayak shop is? Yep. Guess who owned that and ran that as a music and comic book store? Johnny J Jam. Wow. The Santiago. Santiago. Oh, wow. That was his like, and so that whole building has mad, mad history. About, you know, in this right, subculture. Right, right, right. And I didn't find that out until recently. Yep. So the, so then what pushed you to do, get the event at Liquids? Who, um, and who introduced you to, to Liquids? Liquids is such a, like... Oh, because Dennis, the owner, he was really cool. And he used to come to watch us. Okay. At, he used to actually come from... And then um, um, Walter was already rapping with us. And I knew. And we used to have... Uh, he's IRA... Walter was Walter, uh, known as High Chief Saole. High Chief XL Saole. Yes, rest in peace. Yes, rest in the most highest love. So he started yeah. rapping with you, and he was yeah. also the guy at the door. Yep. So, so there was the doorman, like all Usos are. They right. work the door. But him, he was a special. Oh. He was a, you know. So he blessed the mic. He was like, what? Yeah. You never expect a guy like that to just come off like that you know what I mean but you never expect a he Samoan like, bouncer first of all yeah and he had his own thing to, going on to be so in tune yeah. with hip hop like yeah. real well, he's from Mary Wright but he was one who sensed yeah. what else this these elements and building and developing yourself can do oh yeah you know he, was at a, he looked at it like a spiritual thing it yeah. was all about being conscious right. remember the vibe it was more than just what you look like how you're flossing that was the element that was always in the front page of it. But you know what's dope about um, High but, Chief was back then, you know, being the backpack hip hop head. I mean, Oliver Twist can um, can speak on this too because yeah. he was only in he middle was school, right there. And no, he used to <laughs> and and Walter would let escape. him in. He used to escape his house. And he used to like sneak out of the house. Yeah. Eugene used to do this too. In fact, we all did this: sneak out of the house, yeah. 
to go to the club. To go to the club. When we were like 13, 14 years old. But Walter would let us all in. Yeah. After, well, you, well, you introduced me to him. Well, you know why? Because Dennis had a section. He already right. knew already. Yeah, yeah. And he set it up. And um, we had Big Dave and we had Walter and we had the Shout best Big crew, Dave. you know. Aiga. Yeah. And then, but that was um, a great event because that's where you bought down AC alone. Okay, so everybody at that time, they needed to get blessed from like what real... And at that time, Cypress came down. Hey, my first show that I, my first big show to was the Ice Cube show at Pink's Garage. Wow! And that that bill was like trans. Shout out MC Tran. Homegrown, massive, lyrical buzz. Danny yeah. one. Danny one. Jam. Bro, it had Doc Rock. Wow! And his crew hectored him. What was Doc Rock's crew? Oh, uh, she's a forgot, but it had Ace. The human beatbox. Wow. He was you guys are all opening Hawaii's acts for Ice Cube. Beatboxer, all the bro. opening acts for Ice Cube were yep. you guys. It was all local mm-hmm. guys. And Tease, Big Tease. Shout out to Big Tease. Urban Joint. Urban Joint, yeah, yeah. Bro, we heard of them when we was living in L.A. Wow, yeah, yeah, We yeah. heard of Humanakas when we was living no in ways. L.A. No yeah. ways. What? Yep. See, people was paying attention, bro. You know, we used to see when the clubs is um, not club. I I don't I, I try not to say clubs because it's more like it was. Now I see it was a music venue. Right. It was a temple of sound for real for those that could see beneath the veil of you yeah. know worldly things and material thing happenings. Because there was always like this under under s- surgence of correct energy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking of venues, speaking of venue venues, so you turned a cigar bar, Havana Cabana, into a hip hop event. Yep. You turned Liquid Surf Day, which is like a surf club, yep. into a hip hop. Well, you know, I had venue. to. Okay, so Bumblebee used to have plants, and Lucas used to have plants from the the set, and Bumblebee would come early, drop off plants, boom, 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 go back home, get ready. Lucas would bring plants, and we had plants in there, and we set them up like like a jungle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nickname of Capital Fat was the Tropical Jungle Jungle Bungalow. Bungalow. (laughs) Okay. G Spot, hey, Stone Grew family had a big. G Spot helped me a lot, you know. Oh, G Spot helped me a lot. G Spot was one of my OGs, bro, from like in the 80s, kind of in the east side. But the way you, you, so you made a, you made, okay. you made a surf dance into a hip hop like no. iconic spot. Because what we had to do is go in at four o'clock p.m. and this is Monday, so we're working around people watching the game. Right. So they have the screens, and we're in the DJ corner, and we're I had to rearrange the stage, make it look like a whole different venue. Right, right. And then my trick, watch everybody gonna bite my trick, but that's all right because it needs to be done. <laughs> My trick was during the time when the music is on, all mainstream TV off. I put in videos and films, films like Baraka, Kanye Quatzio, you know what I mean? All those kind of Quatsi, Yana Quatsi, same uh, filmmaker, stuff like that. So people got listening to music and coinciding with visual things. And I used to put stuff like, I, I was really a hardcore outer space guy, but... No, you know, it's like, you know, it's film, but hey, but hey, it's got a lot of great imaginative and right. ideas, you know. But that imagination pulled you into making a thing like Big City Diner, which is not known for okay, anything, wait, wait. into Roots Juice. Okay, so I was also really close with Goji Migo and okay. those brothers, okay? And they were like, Jamal, man, hey, you know, we, we're playing at Goji Migo. We could talk to the guy, man. Maybe we can do something. And then I went inside. 
And bro, I knew the guy Robert. He was a guy from Kamehameha. Okay. He was running it for Lane. Right, right. Lane just got out of work. This is Big City Diner, Big City Diner and Kamaki, right? And all the biggest hotels. And he said, nah, just like make one local stuff. And I was so resonating with his story. Right. So I was like, okay. So uh, what's his name? Cam ended up, not Cam, but uh, what's his name? Ended up Anthony or Tony Cam. Ended up doing the flyer for me. Michael. Ended up, Mike ended up doing the flyer, the first one. with, And Josh, Tino, all of the seven encounter crew and the microscopic syllables. Culture was there. Y'all had a hand, and Mike, the GM, Mike, brother Mike, he's from Lelehua or Mililani. Right, right, right. And he was like, yeah, Jomo, and I'm proud. He was the guy, and we would close it down yeah, after yeah. the last kitchen was going. We changed the light bulbs, yeah, yeah. change the curtain, and rearrange the furniture and make it look like a house party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was dope. Yeah. And then I would keep the little bar open because yeah. it had a proper bar open right. until 2 a.m., but they wasn't doing anything oh, with okay. it. okay. That's what I would say. So you guys can continue selling merch. And, you know, like I said before, you know, there was always the upper layer of things, worldly things happening, but there was always an under layer of the real reason people right, was right. attending. Yeah, that was amazing to have, a, first of all, Big City Diner, Kaimaki, and he had the, the dopest open mic, the dopest DJs, the dopest um, performances. I mean, atmosphere. Bro, one time. Atmosphere hey, one time, was hey, at the second big city diner. Big city night. diner. Roots Guess juice. who comes in? Who's that? Jamin Wong. Wow. On the drums, bro. He came in, played on set. That's when people came in. Guess whose first performance in public happened over there? Who's? Ukla the Mock Oh, Rice. nice. Yes, Shout out to Ukla. Uh, Ross Bird, boy. Oh, nice. Oh, with Ross Bird. Yep. So that's crazy. The fact days. that I mean, to me, that's that's how that was a groundbreaking, a groundbreaking on all levels. Bruh, that's when Seth just totally rose up yeah, as, yeah, a, yeah. as a as a as a MC was Havana Cabana days. Yeah. Um, Tino Kili'i from Dreaded Youth and the Unit One Hundred One Punk Squad. But Man. but but another thing I want to credit you with is uh, creating events, especially with Hisham and Treehouse, mm -hmm. where it wasn't just music. Hey, brother Hisham, you know, Hisham is staple. Right. He probably, by the way, I just came from Big Island, you know, meanest place in Wawa. Oh, Hisham's up in... Oh, nice. He says his Egyptian-ness <laughs> is like the Hawaiians. It's yes. like, you must stay here, No, brother. but okay, back on track real quick. Okay, okay, okay. So, so I'm, I'm Hisham, Hisham, I'll tell you Hisham is. Okay. He's the main photographer. You know the How Can I Be Down that used to happen in Miami? Yeah. And he's the main photographer for all the main dance hall guys. Right, right, right. For the Wu-Tang book, Papa Wu. When Wu came here in the 90s and they hung out with us, and bro, when they did the big melee, and I ODB, rest in yeah, love, yeah. too. Oh, all these people that we... Yeah, he sure was a bro, huge... We was yeah. In the, yeah, bro. Big photographer for all the big melees. One-on-one -on -one with my brother. All the shows. I mean? yes, but when so. he should open his studio, you guys too did an event that I'd never seen nobody do and was copied to this day. I took oh, those reins from you guys. Which one? Was uh was Hisham's oh, event, but it was it was different from everybody. No, no, it was it was because you integrated music and art. And the first, okay, no. I I consider you guys the first to integrate music and art and making a make it a big venue. When we event. used to live in we used to live in LA now. Okay, my my grandpa is one of the founders of the LA Arts Tar Museum. You know the Tar Arts Museum, right? My grandpa is one of the groundbreaking guys that artists that helped create that place. My grandpa Harry. Okay, now check this out, boo. 
I would go to places in LA and Frisco and stuff like that. And was at these plush places with artists and they would have DJs and MCs. And it wasn't a club. Yep. You know what I yep. mean? Yep. It was a place, it was a meeting of the minds. And then we used to say, well, you know, the way we can make money off these meetings of the minds is to have these events in an establishment that has merchandise or drinks and food, whatever. So it got into the clubs. But you could always tell the difference between a real hip-hop club and just a regular bar club. Just the way it feels like when you walk in already. The way that the DJs threw down the music. I mean, you know, you need you need for people who work hard during the week, you need a place to go and just do 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 whatever, shake it off and sweat it out. That's cool. But then there were people who were really into the music. And the way the industry was going back in those days anyway, that's why um the independent music movement became large. And the mixtapes is right. actually the culprit making mixtapes. Everyone figured out how to be their own independent uh, distributor and beat well, music What made producer, you guys, uh, music was it from the influence of L.A.? Culture? Or you and Hisham decided, hey, you know what? Oh, Hisham. We should have, we should have rooms. Well, I met Hisham. We should have rooms with art. We should have yeah. live art. Well, I, I met Hisham from Simon Dem, the House of Flies brothers, and Sherry Dem and Cully. And he was the main, he was, like a, he was like a photographer for Thrasher magazine. Right. He was a photographer for all the, like, L and Cosmopolitan and, you know, and all the, the the black culture and the um, Native American culture magazines, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he came to Hawaii and he was like, what? And he just, boom, he got stuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he tried to go away, but he just came right came back right over back. here. So now he's in Hawaii of all places. And you know what? Hey. And then when we were doing things, it was Toharba's first. Okay. Tree yeah. house. Shout out to Toharba. Yeah. Toharba house is trademark yeah. hallmark. But I talk about, I used to go to things in the 80s that you trip out existed. Right, like, right. What? Right. Stuff like this, like similar. Like everywhere in the cities. Kauai too. Big right. Island, Maui. You trip out like when you just. And, and at that time, you thought everybody was doing it. Right. You didn't know better. There was no like kind of margins to compare it with, you know. We'll we'll quick we'll quick uh off like you say off not off subject but a little quick yeah. bunny trail. Uh yeah. tell us a story about how you're one of the original members of Natural Vibes. Oh bro. Okay, tell us the, tell us Wayne, the real quick Wayne the roots. Yesterday or yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so so back in those days, like I said, remember when I told you I was this at is the what, beach Kalu? Yeah, remember when I told you 90s. I was at the Sandy's, I was yeah, doing yeah. some breaking for the tourists. At that time, in fact, that very day, probably, I was with our cousin Cole, our older cousin. Me, Romy, Anthony, Paele. Oh, praise for... I got prayers and um, good shout-outs to, to Carolyn, Carolina, and my cousin, my brother, Dane. And, and for anybody else who's suffering with pain or any kind of... When you're going through a healing process, um, got you in our great thoughts. Okay, so speaking of which, and then there was uh, my brother Romy and Keoni and Roman, Uncle Junior, Nevalu. But when we started in Natural, it was like 12, 13 people or anybody who showed up that had rhythm and could hold Showed up to where? To the shack in our house at Kahalu'u. Um, well, the main, the Moikeha and Makari Olahale on the corner of Kahikili 
Ahuimano and O'Connor Road. It's where three, three um, major yeah intersections. Intersections, yeah. One is the old country road. The other is the main highway, and right. the other one is the road to Mauka, yeah. to Melekula. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, we was like hardcore. We was rapping, and my uh, Anthony Paele, Anthony Charles, he's like the best dancehall artist that never came out of Hawaii. Okay, mm. the real thing. And I, me, I was, and my and brother Romy, he's the He's a real soft, cool, charismatic, and he had like a real nice suave style. And then I was also MC, you know. And then we'd have the other set where, um, and then when Penny came, we had also all the songs that he sang. We had a full garment wow. of all kind of stuff going on in it. And then I got the the job to go to uh, Japan, so okay. I was like disbanded. Right. And then then we went on surf trips a lot. You know, go to other islands. So sometimes Romy and Anthony we get stuck in on a different island, and Cohen, Wayne, and Penny them, and everybody in the band, Shane, Abraham, Keone, they all made this. Uh, if you guys don't show up to practice, <laughs> you guys cannot be in a group. Like because like everybody team. show up, right? Yeah, because everybody like, show up for the show. Because right. we could show up and just, just pop, 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 off yeah. the top. But you know, they wanted to. Right, right. It was a good idea because you know, see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They became successful. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. Did you so see anyway, that? Did you, could you predict that or foresee that? I already knew. Yeah. Penny was a great singer to begin with. He used to sing at a, a Monterey Bay Canners before yeah. then with this band called Pacific Blue, and there were like all these guys, and you know he was all around yeah. island brother, and you kind of gotta already be like, okay. So another thing about the, the culture I was gonna tell you, you couldn't just be somebody come in wear the clothes and start doing moves like. You had to already have a a position, right? Right. And you know, people could tell it was the people's choice. Yeah. Period. You know, always all the time. But you know, one thing you're good they at would is, let a, you, is allowing people to find their position. Yeah, because and that's how it was. I I was open arms as soon as I started. I didn't realize how easy I got everything. Right. Basically, you know, I didn't realize like oh. And with that came a sense of um, when I learned afterwards, I have to have patience because through that patience, yeah. I never taught nobody nothing. Like I always said, I just help you realize what you already know. Yeah. And then everything else on top of that just follows. So speaking of that, the future of hip hop, right? Let's talk about Hawaii real quick. Um, what, would, what would be your thoughts, your, well, your, what you think is why nobody has broken that, that shell that we've always been stuck Right uh, under, okay, nobody has technically out. made it to the next level in Hawaii. Because Hawaii. basically, the industry kind of nudges us out a little bit. It's not like they couldn't figure out. When we were Trip the Lights, we were known as like the Asian group. Or like, we're always like in the, or the, of course, we would be typecasting the black culture and the Latino culture, native, you know. But we wanted to be a universal culture. And a lot of the people, but we were stigmatized. But at that time, the industry was just pushing the stuff that was just, like you heard about all the stuff that happened in that certain mm. music, uh, ceremony, award shows, all the craziness. And yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. the underground was totally anti that whole thing. Right. It was like, aha, we used to cap on that. Yeah. Be like, aha, like really. Like studio gangsters would come to Cyphers and they would get 
chopped up, <laughs> sliced. Yep. We can slide to the side. So you think there's there's a technically an agenda, a, like what against yeah, Hawaii? Against Hawaii. Well, Hawaii is like, like couldn't they didn't like it's like almost this like Pakalolo. They really couldn't figure out how to tax it yet, make money off of it. And until now, they recently found out how to figure it out. So that's why we're coming up now. But before then, they really didn't know how to cubbyhole it. So right now, you feel like the industry doesn't know how they plus, can yeah, control and, yeah. the artists yeah. coming out of Hawaii? I think also, too, it's also because Hawaii also had a special feeling. And the way that we um, perceived it and also uh, in, in everything. Like Hawaii's Hardcore, you know, the punk rock bands? Mm. We have the best history in that. We have the unrealist history in the reggae. Yep. Macho. Rasanando. You know what I mean? Eyes <laughs> Blue. Guys like that, you know what I mean? Diversion. Bro, so much things going on, bro. So off the top of your dome, uh, who are some of the your favorite or best MCs from Hawaii? Bro, everybody, everybody that I ever blessed on mic with. If you're a real hip hop head, you don't have a favorite MC. Mm. Normies have. Oh, I listen. My favorite rapper is this. Real hip hop heads know that at any given moment, any MC could be their favorite. Because when you listen to somebody and you're resonating with what one MC is saying, when you're listening, but you're like, whoa! You rewind it again. And you listen, and it could be any MC oh, from yeah. anywhere. Definitely. definitely. From any mixtape that you can think of. When you're really like on that level, where at any given moment, that dude is your favorite based on, you know what I mean? And you're not just looking at criteria, judgment, call, yeah. you know. You know what I mean? Hey, those dudes can never, ever hang in a real site. Remember, they we used to chop everybody up, bro. Mm. I used to watch it. Bro, LA Cool and Project Blow just chop guys up, bro. Uh, Micah 9 them, ACL on them, bro. And, you know, those guys, when I saw the good life, I knew, like, what I was was, wow, I'm not a weirdo. You know, there's a whole freaking everybody like that. You know what I mean? And Jason is the one. Jason, the guy that, he's the one that taught me how to just, and I was like, whoa. And then I also was, I became brothers with Heckle and Jekyll and the Booyah tribe. Yeah, bro, they was repping for us, bro. We was always cubbyholding them, you know what I mean? Because yeah. we was the island boys. We didn't have the mentality like, now I can look at it and say, hey, you know, in the East Coast, you got the Caribbean. On the West Coast, you got Hawaii. You got all the Pacific Islands, Philippines. Right. We're, the, we're the East Indies, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. to wrap things up, give us uh, a jewel, a gem, something from Jamal's Treasure chest for everybody. Leave us with something. Okay, yeah, uh, hey. I'm telling you. Only we can do it. Together. For real. Bless up. Peace. Thank you, Jamal. Jamal, kilowatts, mongoose, jam watts. Alanui Mele. We out. Mahalo for listening to Alanui Mele on TBS Hawaii. Introduction beat by Just One Ole. You can listen to Alanui Mele on all streaming platforms. And check us on social media at TBS Hawaii or www.tbshawaii.org.